But dance. <laughs> <laughs> right on. It is a jamming song, I must admit. It is Rob here with Not a Robot Podcast, DC Comics Review Show number 119, the world's greatest comic show about the world's greatest superheroes. And with me, as always, is Josh. What we have here is a failure to communicate. <laughs> and Brandon. <laughs> Nope. Brandon. Oh. Brandon. Brandon. Hello. Brandon. Oh wait, no, that's right. He's not here this week. Crap. Yeah, uh, he's off being an amazing musician. This man is multi-talented. I swear. He's a scholar. He's a musician. He's a librarian of world-class renown. I, I I'm envying this. I envy this man. I swear. He can play spoons with his feet. That's just impressive. That's that defies logic and skill, and I'm so jealous. As much as I hate feet, I'm I'm jealous. It would be an interesting skill, would it not? Yeah, I'm actually trying to picture that, and I can't. <laughs> okay, yeah, that is uh, that is Brandon this week. He is being a musician in a band. Uh, I think a. Is it with the school? I'm not sure, but it's yes. he's he's yeah. in an orchestra pit for a show this weekend with multiple shows and lots of rehearsals right now. So he's a busy, busy boy, uh, as is usually the case. Man's got a lot going on. <laughs> I don't know how he does it. Brandon, when you listen to this, man, I'm so jealous <laughs> that, that you can handle this stuff. <laughs> I can't right. handle. Rob's like, I got life. a forty-hour job and a baby. I want to sleep twelve hours a day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right on. So, yeah. if you ever want to get in touch with us, as usual, you can send us an email to comics at notarobotpodcast dot com, and you can get us on Twitter too at notarobotcomics. And if you feel like supporting us, just visit buymeacoffee dot com forward slash nar podcasts. We also have our very own Discord server, and with some support, you can find your way into the server to talk all things geek with us and other fans, because there's always something going on. Uh, in fact, just this past few days, we had a very interesting discussion about bisexuality and uh, the trials and tribulations therein. Every Indeed. week there's something new. Yeah, it was, it was a very, very informative discussion, I think, between a good, good number of us in the, the network. Uh, as for the comics, today we are looking at Batman and the Joker Deadly Duo number one, Decos, that's Dark Knights of Steel number eight. Uh, <laughs> I love when when Tom Taylor first revealed the uh, the acronym, everybody was just trying to guess, and Donkey Kong 
of something <laughs> that's just the top. I'm like, I, I really want Tom Taylor to write something Donkey Kong now. <laughs> yeah, all uh, right, wouldn't that be? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got the new champion of Shazam number three, Sword of Azrael number four, Poison Ivy number six, Batman number one twenty nine, and the Joker, the Man Who Stopped Laughing number two, as well as a couple of honorable mentions. But before we get into that, we'll get into some news. Uh, it's been a slow news week in my neck of the woods. What's yeah, going on with you, Josh? Not, not a whole lot. Um, yeah. yeah, no, not really. There, there's. It's just been the same shit, different fly kind of situation. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, that's a good analogy. I like that. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's yeah, like I said, it's been about the same here. Uh not much going on. Busy with work, busy with baby, busy with wife. Not like that. Yeah, Get busy, your mind busy, out of the busy. gutters. Sometimes Just like TV that. shows. Get your mind out of the gutters. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I hope she doesn't listen to this episode. <laughs> um yeah, so <laughs> I'm gonna get in trouble. <laughs> I'm going to. I already am, and I don't even know it. Uh, as far as like comic book news and stuff, like you said, it's been like an exceptionally slow week, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one cool thing that I came across uh, was the uh, DC's Milestone Initiative program. The first class actually graduated here. And uh, we're going to actually get to see them in upcoming issues of Urban Legends and Poison Ivy and uh, I, th- I think a couple more. Right and on. the uh, the artwork that I see on, on here, on it's on Games Radar, but uh, the preview images that I'm seeing actually look pretty dang good, man. So I'm, I'm glad to see these artists getting their shot, man. That's, That's good. Yeah. It's it's a hell of a program that they got going on there, so happy to see it. Um, as for movie news, there's been a few small things happening. Uh, first off, Stargirl has officially been canceled. It will be ending after season Goodbye. three. That's a shame. A really good show that. Um, the Sandman has been renewed they for season they two. They did say. They did say with Stargirl that they kind of knew that that was going to be the case. Yeah. So the storyline is supposed to be all nicely wrapped up. Yeah. So, I mean, at least that's good. It's not going to be left on any kind of a cliffhanger. That's good, at least, because it sucks when that happens. So I'm looking at you, fellow Legends of Tomorrow fans. (laughs) Just got Booster Gold, man. Just got Booster Gold. Uh, so yeah, The Sandman has been renewed for Season 2. So look forward to that. Mm-hmm. I believe that's on Netflix. Yeah, I haven't watched yes, it, it yet. Is. So. Right on. I love that shit, dude. That That is such a good show. Yeah, I gotta check that you, out. You haven't watched The Sandman yet? Well, I mean, no, if you're not I a Neil Gaiman fan, then you're not gonna... It, it might not be for you, but it, it, yeah. is, it is real good. There's a lot of liberties taken, but they are gaming approved liberties right. that have been taken and Fair um enough. yeah that that has not been the case up till this point yeah, but enough. uh 
No, not at all. He's and him and uh, I was just reading about him and George R. R. Martin talking together about how oh, yeah. that shit pisses them off when when uh, the source material is ignored because they want to put their own spin on it. Yeah, but um, the the Sandman is ex- it really does an exceptional job of taking that comic book and putting it on the screen. It ain't word for word, but you get the point. Yeah. No, that's fair. I I can't say I'm not like a a diehard Neil Gaiman fan, but I I don't dislike the man's work. Like, it's pretty good stuff. The the stuff I have read, I, I've always enjoyed it. So. Oh, and Titans, Titans is back. Oh, is it? I I haven't even it finished. It is. Season I completely so forgot under the radar about just Titans. Now. <laughs> I know I'm the only big fan of the show, but uh, I did just happen to remember that, so I am uh, going to go ahead and mention that here. I'm uh, looking forward so to it. My wife season, is going to have to watch it. Season four aired? Or has started airing? I, I believe so. If I'm not mistaken, I saw earlier today that it is it is up. You checking? Looks like I'm double check. checking, yeah. I, I totally believe you, but uh, yeah, as of today, scheduled to premiere today, it will be split into two parts for a total of 12 episodes. I This just flew right under the radar. I've been checking every day because, like I said, it's been a boring week. I have movie news, and that just never showed up. <laughs> I guess, yeah. I don't know. It's a hit or miss show. It really is. I enjoy it, but I don't like that my neck of the woods gets it six months later than the rest like at least than the u.s does and it's filmed in my hometown i don't get that but i don't get to watch (laughs) it until after the whole series has come out in the united states and all the spoilers are online and i know the entire story before i even get to watch it and i'm just like i don't even care anymore i know what happens why am i bothering it's just that's why i got through halfway through season three i just couldn't be bothered because i knew what was happening that's why I don't read solicits. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> I totally get yeah, that. I, I mean, I get mad enough at the direction some comic book writers take, and and to already know that it's coming, so I can be mad at it even more. I I don't think that's the greatest idea. Not the best way for me to approach my reading material. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll say at least for me with solicits. I read them to figure out what to look forward to, and if I do get spoiled in in a solicit, by the time the issue comes out, I've totally forgotten. Because <laughs> it was three months prior, I'm just like, alright, I've read so much in that time, I don't even know what happened. Like, I'll, I'll be reading an issue and I won't remember the solicit for next month, right? Like, I, I couldn't tell you what happens. I read the solicit every month, I have no idea what happens next month in Batman, I don't remember what it said. I thought Failsafe was ending last issue. I didn't realize it was still going to go. So, <laughs> yeah. No, that's me. To each their own. If you don't like reading solicits, I completely get that. Spoilers can be a bane on existence. Yep. Which, they totally speaking... obliterated Dark Crisis, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that reminds me. <laughs> if that was you hinting at that, that... I realized last night for about a week I just completely forgot Dark Crisis existed. I have Wasn't no idea why. Wasn't that a wonderful time in your life? Wasn't? Didn't <laughs> you enjoy that time? Well, 
I, I can't even say that I did because I didn't know there was anything to regret. <laughs> oh. Because it was just... <laughs> I was just thinking, like how it's going to be after Dark Crisis. <laughs> yeah. I think I've just been so bummed at the fact that there's not been a Green Lantern announcement yet. And I'm just like, fuck. And, and I remember for the past few days before last night when I remembered Dark Crisis existed, I, I was thinking, I've just been feeling like, like DC Comics kind of just in a lull right now. Like there's a lot of good issues, but for the most part, it's just kind of like coasting. Like what's going on? Am I, am I missing something? Like, but no, they have a we're halfway through a friggin' event. <laughs> and I had no clue. I just forgot. I, that's how memorable Dark Crisis is. I've been covering exactly. it since May, and that's how memorable it's been. <laughs> I think they took October off. If I remember, we haven't had. I think issue five was in September, and then maybe we had a couple of tie-ins. I think we had the Deadly Green, and we had uh, Young Justice. But that was a few weeks ago, and I already forgot them. Oh, Deadly Green came out the same day as issue five because they tied in together. So it's been a bit. It's been a minute since we've had some Dark Crisis. Next week we get issue six, and hopefully some goddamn answers. But I don't know. That's next week. <laughs> um, but speaking of spoilers uh mild black adam spoilers if you've managed to stave off the internet for the past two weeks uh spoiler alert henry cavill is officially back as superman he is in for good he has oh, said yeah. yes i'm here um james gunn and david saslav are all about it and there is potentially man of steel 2 in the works that is the rumor but that rumor has been going for like the past four years but now that Henry Cavill is confirmed to be Superman still, chances are this is going to freaking happen. Whether or not it's Zack Snyder remains to be seen, but at least we have Cavill back. Yeah, I, I highly doubt it's going to be Zack Snyder at the helm. There's just so much weight there. But, yeah. um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely seeing more James Gunn, given he's got the creative head position. Uh, him and him and uh, David Saslav. Yeah, there you go. Um, so it's 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 looking good as far as I'm concerned, and I can't wait to see what happens. I I would love to see uh, Ben Affleck come back as Batman as well. There's been absolutely zero chatter about that. I, as as far as I remember, I think he's supposed to be in the Flash for a brief moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so at least he's still going to be there, but it remains to be seen if he will continue after that. Because the, as the rumors go, that the Flash movie is supposed to be a Flashpoint movie, and it may or may not reset the universe. At least that's what it was prior to all like the Discovery merger, the board member changes, the the president swaps twice while this movie has been filming so who knows what's gonna happen plus the ezra miller shit going on <laughs> like this movie's been in limbo for like two years and it's been ready to go it's wild but it, we'll it isn't a flashpoint movie it is the flashpoint movie look at all the chaos it caused just because barry wanted to get a movie made did it again yeah. rob he did <laughs> yeah. it again he did it again you stuck your dick in the timeline again, Barry. How dare you? 
Ah, damn it. <laughs> damn it, Barry. Now I don't know which one we're in. Is this our Flashpoint universe? Thanks a lot, Warner Brothers. We're Dickhead. in the bad timeline. <laughs> I know, because Spock has a goatee. Oh, very true. And finally, the only other thing I saw is it's kind of just like a weird thing to talk about. But like I said, slow news week. Uh, Daddy Dwayne has apparently gone on record to say that he has a, or not maybe gone on record, but the the rumors, I will say, because I'm not confirmed on this, are saying that he has a, a small disdain for Shazam, uh, which is disappointing. He's not a big fan of the character Shazam, despite the fact that he's playing Black Adam, <laughs> which they kind of go hand in hand. But because of that, uh, he is apparently the reason why there was no Black Adam tease in the first Shazam movie. And he's why he's been pushing uh, Superman versus Black Adam so much. Because apparently he's just not a fan of the original Shazam. Uh, so who knows what's going to happen. Because we've all, I know all the fans around the world have been thinking, yeah, we got Shazam movie, uh, which is great. We got Black Adam movie, which is pretty good. And then... Finally, we're going to get to see Shazam versus Black Adam on the live screen. And it's going to be awesome because both the actors are fantastic in their roles and it's going to be good. And and maybe not. Maybe not now. Who knows what's going to happen. How do you pull that <laughs> off? How do you get The Rock's Black Adam, which is, you know, a, a dark, well, as, as dark as The Rock can get. Um, yeah. It's a dark character. And then you've got fucking bright, shiny champagne bubble bubbly Zach, Zachary Levi over here and how, how do you put those two together on the same screen and make it work now I'm not complaining by any stretch because I would love to see that happen Shazam and Black Adam it would be great uh, Superman and Shazam teaming up against Black Adam that would be great uh, Superman showing up to help out Shazam because he's getting his ass kicked by Black Adam that would be great but how do you make that a big movie sharing those two sharing the same space yeah i mean for the longest time that was the rumor for shazam 2 that yeah shazam wanted to set up the shazam family and they had black adam come and shazam 1 was supposed to tease black adam but that never happened now black adam's here and the whole idea was black adam and shazam would meet in the second one but now we're getting some next weird story with oh, some yeah. gods the- because at the end of it, they they were all sitting in the in the in the chairs with the one empty chair, right? Yeah. And I think that's where we all started thinking. Okay, yeah, I remember. I I, I know what you're talking. About. Yeah, and and further on that note, around that time was uh, Jeff John Shazam run, and coincidentally, Jeff Johns also had a big hand to play in DC films at the time. And at the end of Jeff John's most recent Shazam run. He teased that Black Adam was the uh, mysterious seventh member of the Shazam family, just not yet, because Billy has to bring the joy out of Black Adam. Um, which, oddly enough, it seems like now that's kind of happened after the Future State stuff, but that's neither here nor we there. It looks like maybe that was what they were hinting at because of that's what was going on in the comics, and Jeff Johns has his hands in every pot. But. Yeah, who knows if that's even going to matter now. I hope you washed his hands. 
Uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> you, you don't want to mix your honey and your ketchup. It's not good. That's just, that's some sticky Why ketchup. Would you, of all the things you could do, fuck, I can almost taste that. Gross. <laughs> um, you, you say gross now, but you're going to put it on your toast tomorrow morning. You're going to tell me it's delicious. Hell no, I ain't. Dude, I hate ketchup. <laughs> I hate ketchup with oh, every, yeah. every fiber of my being. Oh, it's so nasty. <laughs> As if you the want only a good sweet breakfast stuff sandwich. I like is cherry pie and, and, and sugary cereal. That's it. Right on. What, what's, your, what's your best sugary cereal? Oh, there's so many different options. If but, it's not Frosted Flakes, um, you're wrong. No, I, honestly, <laughs> I think my favorite sweet cereal, and this is going to sound super fucking weird, but it's the Honey Granola Crunch Raisin Bran. Oh, right on. And I get then, that. That's good stuff. Um, I love that. But if I'm going straight sugar cereal, hands down, I don't care what anybody says. The best shit is Crunch Berries, Captain Crunch, Crunch Berries. Yes, <laughs> I'm not. Yes. I'm not. I'm not convinced on best stuff, but it's up there. It's it's in the top five for sure. <laughs> you know how you know how I know it's the best, right? Because there isn't any other cereal that would make you cut your mouth up just to enjoy its goodness. <laughs> but you'll do that for Captain Crunch. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. I get that. <laughs> now, if, if you ever want like a, a solid breakfast sandwich, like a homemade breakfast sandwich, I, I made it a long time ago, just on a whim. And then Angela and I started having them frequently. I haven't made it in a while, but it's freaking it's fattening and so good. <laughs> but it's homemade, so it's not so bad. So you fry an egg, right, uh-huh. with some salt and pepper okay. in the like I'm while you're egg. frying. You salt and pepper while you fry. Of course. Toast your bread. Yeah, peanut butter, fried egg, melt some cheese on that fried egg. Get some honey, peanut butter both sides of the bread. Egg on the bottom slice with the peanut butter, cheese on top, honey on the cheese, bread with peanut butter on top. You got yourself a goddamn good breakfast sandwich. Rob? Yeah. Something wrong with you. That is not, there's no, no, <laughs> there's nothing wrong. It you is can't delicious. Eat peanut butter and eggs together. What the? No, no, Just no, no. Just try it. No. Just uh-uh. try it. Nope. My Your six-year-old tried to convince salivate. me that never going to happen. My 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 <laughs> six-year-old conv- tried to convince me to eat a, 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 pe- a peanut butter sandwich with um a pic- pickles on it because he that's what he loves peanut butter and jelly with pickles. And absolutely I not. Pickles, I, I, I won't even. I will no. no. And he came up with that shit on his own, from what I can tell. But I am not yeah. interested in that. That and I am not disgusting. interested in peanut butter and eggs. Like a peanut butter egg at Easter, sure, but that's <laughs> <laughs> that's as close as I'm getting to that concoction. Peanut butter, honey, just, and, just and, and peanut butter, honey, cheese, and egg. Yeah. I tell you what, yeah. I'll tell Dash. I'll tell Dash and see if he'll try it. But Fair enough. <laughs> tell tell Holly see if, see if she'll try it. I'll tell Holly and see if she'll give it a go, but I am yeah. not eating peanut butter, honey, egg, and cheese. Uh-uh. Angela will attest. Goes, it mm-hmm. is maybe Look, the best get, thing I've ever made. <laughs> you get toast, you get mayonnaise or Miracle Whip, whatever, whichever one you prefer and doesn't make you gag. 
you get cheese, preferably provolone. Otherwise, anything will do. You get yeah. one nicely beautiful fried egg or two squared out scrambled eggs. It's very easy to do. Don't don't scramble them in a bowl. Just scramble yeah. them in the pan while you're cooking them. That's what I do. And kind of form yeah. them together into an egg patty. And and then just you can put any breakfast food meat or any breakfast meat that's on there. You can put onions, you can put green peppers and, and, and that kind of shit. Oh now that that is how you make a breakfast sandwich. But that does sound definitely good. definitely not peanut butter and onion. You're broke. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds good, but I love my peanut butter fried egg, okay? Oh, I don't God. care what you say, you hate her. <laughs> Oh man! I'll well, let you know day, what Holly says. One day I'll fly I'll down you. there, and I will make it for you. And you will absolutely try it. not. You you can come down just here one and make bite. poutines for me. Just one. I'll make you poutine <laughs> too. As long as you get the right fixings, I'll make you some damn good poutine. That's hard to find cheese curds. Yeah, you can do it without cheese curds. Like I know there's going to be a lot of Montrealers if you're listening out there cursing my name. I know I'm from Ontario. Hate me, please. But you can make a poutine without cheese curds. It's traditional as cheese curds, but cheese curds are damn expensive. <laughs> okay, so yeah. we're going to use whatever cheese we got. And it's very easy to make your own kind of fake cheese curds. It's, it's going to sound weird. Cubed cheese works perfectly because it melts. It's They're not as big, but it melts the same. Right, so you get the, the big globs in your poutine. So you cube your cheese, and then you shred some, so you... You cube the cheese and you melt that in the fries with the gravy. And when that's done, you sprinkle some shredded cheese on top. So that just makes a thin layer on top of the gravy. And that will melt a little bit, but it's only a thin layer. So you you get double the cheese with it. Because the key is the cheese. But you need a good gravy as well. It needs to be not too thin. The proportions got to be right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, don't All do right. shoestring fries. Don't do wedges. Wedges are okay, but shoestring is way too thin. I've had shoestring fries or gravy with really runny gravy and shitty cheese. It was horrible. I ate it because of poutine, <laughs> but it was horrible. You do not do that. <laughs> and do you prefer your poutine in a basket or a cup? Cup? Yeah. Who the hell eats poutine in a cup? <laughs> you get a bucket. I have. <laughs> well, what like kind of a, cup are like we talking a, about? Like a, like a like a big ass paper cup. No, no, I've never like, had. And all the that. fries are standing up. Oh no, that sounds messy. <laughs> oh, yeah, but it's so good. The cups, all right the gravy's just gonna sink to the bottom. No, you gotta have it in like a tray or like a bowl or something. Like, like, like when you say basket, mean one of those baskets that you get from like a a fast food joint with like you put the paper in because the basket's got full of holes. Yeah. That kind of basket? No, 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 no. That's oh, something bigger. It's, whatever. It's got to be a dish. Like the dish you Caitlin showed, except bigger. Bucket's good. <laughs> yeah. Bucket's really good. Cause, as long as it's wide, because you need the gravy to spread. You don't want it to sink all the way to the bottom. It needs to be preferably a shallow enough dish like that you can... Five-gallon bucket? No, but that's that's a lot of poutine. <laughs> like, a, like, a, like a mop bucket? That's a mop bucket is a family size portion <laughs> of that's, poutine. That's a four family size portion of poutine. That's a lot of poutine. Uh, if poutine. I was eating it. <laughs> yeah. 
poutine. It it will always have an honorable mention in my tummy. Definitely. Yeah. Just make sure beef gravy. Chicken is acceptable in some cases. But beef gravy is the necessary option. I used to say that, but then I've had chicken gravy on my my poutine. And it wasn't bad, because at least it's meat-based. Not anything else. Yeah. Yeah. That ain't a poutine. It's a... It's a... a No team. No. (laughs) (laughs) I, 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 I... I had nothing good. <laughs> nope, me either. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> I guess with that, we should probably move over to the honorable mentions, huh? Yes. This is not a cooking show. This is a comic show. So why don't we? Why don't we do that? Right. I've only got two this week. Monkey Prince Eight, which I think is still a fun book. It's again, it's not going to win any awards, but it's a good time. I like it. Then there's. Uh, there's Gotham City Year One Number Two. It's a novel with pictures written the exact same way in the exact same tone as literally every other Tom King book out there ever. Complete um, with nine so pages. And if 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 that sounds good to you, then well, hey, there you go. Otherwise, consider it a warning. The my favorite comments I've ever made man. online. My favorite comment I've ever made online is when, um, I think it was, I don't remember who it was that was writing with Tom King, that it was announced that he was going to be doing a New Gods movie, like, five years ago. And yeah. when it was announced, I post, I commented on Reddit, I said, like, that's great and all, but I don't know how I'm going to watch nine screens at the same time. <laughs> Oh, that's a good one. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny, dude. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that that was. <laughs> All right. So that was our honorable mentions. We're gonna make. Uh, <laughs> gonna. Uh, oddly enough, we we're already talking about food, but now we're gonna take a quick bite into some comics. Yeah, and uh, we're going to be starting off with the Dark Knights of Steel, and Mr. Josh is going to tell us about that. Dark Knights of Steel number eight, written by Tom Taylor, art from Yasmin Putri, colors Arif, Arif Prianto, and, and letters by Wes Abbott, wrapped in a cover from Dan Mora. Kind of a pretty one over there, too. We open up to the Amazons, the Kingdom of Lightning, and Constantine at their campgrounds, reluctantly being dragged into a war with the House of El, while Oliver and Dinah meet for the first time in the Els jail. As the rebels march on the Els, Poison Ivy shows up to interfere and does until Green Lantern Joker shows up and levels everyone. They finally get to the castle and war breaks out. The Queen of the Els meets with Hippolyta to discuss the Els' surrender shakes hands for a truce and then laser eyes her in half right in front of Diana Hippolyta no more so whoa this was a seriously intense book um it's it's very enjoyable it's a it's obviously gonna gonna turn up the uh volume here uh quite quite a bit because 
this book got me a little off guard. I mean, there's been war and hints at war, but I didn't expect to see Hippolyta cut in half. Yeah. Not the very first five minutes of the shit getting thrown down. Um, and uh, speaking of that happening, the art is fantastic. <laughs> um, I'm sad that this is going to have an eventual end to the story. I don't really dig the throw them in a different world because it would be so cool kind of story but in this case that's exactly it it is cool I love it and I gave it an 8.75 out of 10 super super cool I'm I'm bummed that there's that there's gonna be an end to this yeah it's it's been a, a hell of a story great world um sorry I was just looking something up um yeah, it's it's got the the same exciting feel that that you've had throughout with glorious art and the changes to the characters ever so slight that are just so sure to excite. I I love that. Uh, when you get these Elseworld stories, my favorite part is just seeing what's different about these characters and and what the writers come up with. And as I said, the art is gorgeous. Uh, so I gave this eight point seven five out of ten. Another great issue. I also will be sad to see this end. There's another one that's fucking ending too. I'm a little bummed out about. Yeah, that, uh, that is the new champion of Shazam number three. Uh, we still got another issue to go, but it's only one more issue. It's only been four freaking issues. I feel uh, like this could have been stretched out as much. As much as I'm not a fan of stretching stories out, I feel like this could add at least two more issues. At least, or here's an idea, DC. Maybe. Make it an ongoing. Ah, oh, who would have thought? An ongoing, not Say starring what? Batman. Stop hmm. the presses if they do that <laughs> anymore. What? No. It's impossible. They don't. Not in the Batman department. Who who possibly could do something like that? Well, I think these people, Josie Campbell on writing. <laughs> withdrawn and colored by Evan Doc Shaner. And letters from Becca Carey. I think that trio right there could make this a damn good ongoing. Because they I did with so. issue three. And we do they made pick issue up. three an ongoing? Oh, I, I mean, it, it really goes on <laughs> until it ends. Keep going, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we pick up kind of where we left off. Um, Mary has come across all these missing people's posters and uh, realized there's a lot more going on than she thought was possible. With her parents missing, uh, and now a good chunk of the city missing, she's got a lot of work to do. Uh, she heads back home to do some investigating, um, and finds out that because she ran away from the press, she's become a meme fiend, and everybody all over the internet is making fun of her and memeing her to no degree, uh, to no end, I mean to say. Uh, many degrees. Many, many, many degrees. <clears throat> So she instead goes to a lab to try and figure stuff out, but is interrupted by a professor at the Foss Community College, um, Mrs. G. The Mrs. G or Dr. G? Yeah. Uh, it is uh, Dr. G. I, I honestly should have assumed that, considering she's a doctor. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Dr. G, oddly enough, um, for <laughs> I, I was kind of confused about this part, just blurts out her backstory and and uh why she's at this school and not some other school uh and just kind of ominously hinting 
at uh, the direction Mary should take. Uh, and then she does. So she goes undercover uh, to find out exactly what's going on and comes across a tent city underground in an abandoned subway station and comes across a man by the name of Dudley, otherwise known as Uncle Marv. And you longtime Captain Marvel fans out there will recognize this man. He is a classic mm -hmm. character. That was really cool to see him come back. So he's telling her about... Yeah, all the people that have gone missing in the underground city. Uh, homeless people tend to go missing quite a lot. And on their adventure or on their journey through Tent City, they come across uh, one of these mysterious technological people that are uh, tormentally tormenting two homeless people. So Mary Shazams herself into uh, the new Captain Marvel. Or Shazam. I should get used to that. Shazam. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, fights him off but this man has some strong mental prowess and turns bricks into words and hits her with them uh basically getting in her head and talking about all the the, the stuff that's being said about her online that she's a worthless piece of trash and why is she doing this she's not a hero blah 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 she fights it off takes him down gets a little tired uh flies back to the house uh yells at darla for uh, trying to interfere, but tells tells Darla to stay away, and falls asleep. Wakes up, Darla's gone, and at that moment, Mary also figured out where all the strangers are being held, and Darla knows that too. Uh, so Darla, not having her powers, instead gets a little purple shirt with a lightning bolt on it. Grabs Mister Hoppy, who's no longer magic, and goes out into the world to find all these people. <laughs> but Mary knows she's in danger, and she's very much in danger yeah, because there's a large dark crocodile there. behind her. Yeah, um, yeah. So next issue, last issue. Damn shame because it's a damn good book. Uh, so many Easter eggs in this issue. I was having a blast reading this. Um, Uncle Marv was great, and in one of the panels where they show the pillars in the subway station, it's it's got the word S H Z M. One second, and there was a number because I don't remember the issue number. Uh, where's SHZM19? And that issue, uh, from I don't remember what year, 1973, I think it was, um, had <clears throat> a backup story with Uncle Marv and Mary Marvel on an adventure together. <laughs> so it's very good hinting oh, there. Wow. And uh, one of the creators was Oxner, which is the name of the subway station they're in right now. So there's a lot of Easter eggs oh, in that's there. Cool. Yeah, I I love that. And I I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm getting hints that Doctor G is somehow related or is Savannah. I just yeah. got that vibe. I really got that vibe, and I could be wrong. I meant to look it up, but I think the the most recent origin for Doctor Savannah is the origin that Doctor G gave, where they were an archaeologist. And then was somehow discredited at their uh, university and kicked out of the world and instead turned their method to, well, Savannah turned his methodology to magic studies and trying to fight Captain Marble Shazam. However, Dr. G instead went to a community college. But might be the reason Mary's having all these issues. So I don't know. I just Very got that well vibe. could be. Yeah. <clears throat> 
Uh, as I said before, I wish this was an ongoing because it has so much heart and it is really well done. And I honestly, I, I cannot get enough of Doc Shaner drawing Shazam characters. He's so good at this. <laughs> it's yeah, it's the talent this man has. He's He's got such a that perfect classic style. Yeah, it does, yeah. and it matches this story like super good, like so well. Exactly. Uh, so I gave this a nine out of ten. Like, yeah, like I'm, I'm with you. I said before, why is this issue? Why is this only getting one more issue? I mean, is it's 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 not a universe shaking, super huge book, no. But I mean, it should be a must buy. It is a really good story. Um, yeah. It's not just been fun. It's been actually good. I want to read more, even if it means it's the Shazams or the Shazam family or something. I don't give a shit. Um, let's just keep this creative team going on this book for a while because it's a great book. Um, I don't know what's going to happen to Darla and Mary, but I do know I'll be reading to find out. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. I gave it an 8.5. 8.5 out of 10. Yeah. <clears throat> definitely worth it i i hope somehow dc editorial finds it in their hearts to add an infinite number of issues for this <laughs> infinite. Yeah. yeah just give it the, the rick and morty treatment infinite. put it in syndication by giving it like another hundred issues please all right so that was our quick bites a uh, little quick look into those two books uh, we're going to now turn on our bat signal because it's DC. It's all about Batman. It always is. Because uh, oddly enough, our spotlight segment today is about Batman and the Joker, the deadly duo, number one. And Mr. Josh is going to tell us all about that one. Yes, I will. Deadly duo. Oh, boy. Um, don't kind of hide anything with that title, do they? <laughs> it's written and drawn inside and out by Mark Silvestri. And, uh, man, we've been giving him some praise in Discord lately. Uh, we also got some extra inks from him at the at the back of the issue, which was cool. Arif Prianto did the colors, and Troy Petiri did did uh, the lettering. Um, well, the, the issue starts out with Harley sitting in some with some rats in a deep hole or a tunnel or something. And she's talking to somebody we really can't see. Then that's the last we see of that. Uh, next, we get some exposition on good cops and bad cops in Gotham before Harvey Bullock and Batman are at a crime scene investigating together. It's definitely looking like a Joker murder scene with haha on the wall and everything. But Batman sees that the killer survived a headshot with a 44 Magnum. And um, that that is uh, that's just not something that a normal person could do, because it leaves very 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 large holes in refrigerators. So uh, more talk of crooked cops and not trusting Batman as he sails away, dipping down lower than he normally does to low enough as he leaves to blow the to to pay off of one of the police officers as he sails away from the police station. Now we get a real quick visit with Catwoman talking to another person that we can't see about how a storm is coming before we get back to Batman. Indeed, the murder victim's body has been pulled apart, not cut, 
we see that here because dude is carrying the guy's head. But this isn't regular Joker. This is monster Joker looking evil as hell, jacked up on roids, and uh, I think maybe just a little bit too much methamphetamine. Batman knows he's not dealing with the real deal after a quick fight and hitting him with 40 milliamps of electricity, which is like enough to dig out a fucking gorilla. He does the Joker beast. Uh, the Some of the crooked cops show up threatening to arrest Batman. While the cops ignore Batman's warning, it causes the monster thing to be able to get up and run away again as a giant explosion goes off and Batman unfortunately can only save a few people after finding out. Oh, and then he gets blamed for the explosion, which was, you know, I'm sure just the icing on the cake for him after finding out that the monster's DNA is a mix of a homeless man and the actual Joker. He responds to the bat signal. Joker is it's, it's he of course thinks it's James Gordon that's up there, but it's not. It is the Joker giving Batman James Gordon's appendix with the threat that there will be more organs to come if Batman didn't play along. <laughs> okay. Normal <laughs> Joker there. <laughs> that means that Batman has to work with the Joker to track down what he says is the people who stole something from him. And, of course, I think it's the natural assumption that he is also talking about his DNA. As they walk away, we see in the shadows a whole bunch of of fucked up mutant monster jokers, all looking scary as hell. Mic drop. Mark Silvestri is such a good artist and storyteller, and I am enjoying literally every fucking panel of this. It has a lot of caption boxes, but just enough to tell the story without ruining the page or feeling like you're reading a Tom King book. I am really looking forward to issue number two. Uh, where's this going to go? How will Gotham react to Batman working with the Joker? Will we see Batman make jokes? Do, huh. do ducktails. Who knows? But <laughs> I'm... <laughs> I am going to be sticking around to find out. I think that this was amazing, and I gave it a 9 out of 10. a little shocked there oh, sorry no <laughs> really poor time to have a yawn like i said it's been a long day um as interesting enough it was really well written and drawn um i did enjoy the story it was really good but <laughs> i'm just so tired of batman stories there's so many there are dime yes, a dozen like if if you follow pop culture history like i do you know in the 80s and 90s or at least the late 80s mid to late 80s there was such a boom in the video game industry thanks to atari that it just crashed it was it was practically dead on arrival there, there was so many versions of atari and other um video game computers coming that it that the whole market just crashed and video games were basically worthless until there Nintendo were, showed up there were and reinvigorated the entire industry from the ground up with the NES. And that it just boomed again. And then Sega got in the game and the video game console wars begun through the 90s. And it just it reinvigorated the whole industry. And we wouldn't have the video games we have now if it weren't for Nintendo. So where's our Nintendo in DC? Because I think 
Batman is just going to just crash DC because there's so much Batman, it's not sustainable. You learn that in, in basic economics. You have too much of one thing, it's not sustainable, and it crashes. So when's that going to happen? Because quite honestly, it, it's too much for me. So this was a bit of a struggle. That was a long-winded approach to say this was a struggle. <laughs> I don't know no, why I, I went on that freaking room. tangent. <laughs> <laughs> Am I rubbing off on you, Rob? <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I'm just so tired of all these Batman stories. I want something new. <laughs> you have hundreds of characters to pick from. Why are you just picking the one over and over again? God damn. Oh man, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue there. It's it's and to answer your question, it's it's gonna eventually result in no good Batman stories, and then yeah, yeah. Then Batman will eventually crash. Right yeah. now. We get about four shitty ones and then one shining star, and this happens to be one of those shining stars as far yeah. as I'm concerned. I I am uh, into what's going on here. It's not something that we've really seen before, not like this. Um, this is going to feel this, this it's going to feel weird. It does feel weird uh, to say this, but I almost have a little tiny bit of Frank Miller vibes going on in this. Yeah, maybe that's also a, a reason why it was a bit of a struggle. Now that you mention it, I, I kind of get those vibes too. I hope not, because as much as I did buy copies of The Dark Knight Returns and Dark Knight Strikes Again, I don't really like them. <laughs> no, I don't like them. Yeah. I do not like them. I don't care. Hang me up. Crucify me. I don't give a shit. Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns. I'm just... I'm, I like Frank Miller's stuff i like some of his instincts just not really been much of a fan of much of his stuff yeah um, but then again I'm, I'm i guess i kind of go against the grain when it comes to uh who who is the best in the business yeah like i always say to each their own we all got our own opinions uh mine's just usually different from everybody else's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh but I, quite honestly, I didn't hate this issue. I actually really enjoyed it. It was it was a lot more interesting than I thought it would be, uh, being a Batman story. But coming from Mark Silvestri, you kind of expect that. Um, so it was really good. It was attention-catching. It's just too much Batman right now. I'm looking at the, the weekly books, and it's like 80% Batman every week. It's, it's too much. Uh, so for this, I, it wasn't... It wasn't standout good. It was just, okay, this is really enjoyable. I liked it. Um, not top of the line for me, though, so 7.5 out of 10. Fair enough. Fair yeah. that, that score, unfortunately, comes with some baggage. But what can you do? Not much, uh, I suppose. Yeah. I, I, I do have one thing you could do. I know what you could do. You, you Put out a you book that's I not about do. freaking Batman. Just a suggestion. Um, well, I mean, I, I, I'd like to put out one that's about Nightwing, but that's not going to happen, though, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, shit, you got half the Justice League just not doing anything right now. It's so, yeah. I mean, annoying. give me, give me some damn Aquaman. Give me some fucking Green Arrow. Give me some Green Green Lantern. Yeah. Give me some Green Please. Arrow. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. I, I want more Green Arrow. Uh, 
from whoever. Give me this all place. of the Amazons just written all together in like a three title spanning book. Now, fucker, give me the outlaws back. Yes. You know? Yes. Oh. Yes. Hell yes. Let's get Artemis and Jason yep. back together on team. Get them into hell. Artemis and Jason. Get the all blades back. Bizarro. Yes. Yes. Go get Bizarro. Go get Pup Pup. Fuck the rest yes. of these weird ass guys. And then just go from there. Gotta have Pup Pup. I want Pup Pup. Go get Pup Pup. Yeah. Outlaws. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I, I don't know how you'd feel about it, but I would love to see that trio of Outlaws versus the Court of Owls. Just for like a one-off issue. Oh, that would be cool as hell. Just to see Bizarro, like smart Bizarro or regular Bizarro just beating the shit out of talents. Like they're they're just swarming him like Agent Smith's on Neo in the Matrix Revelations and just he beats them all. Like it just swats them all away like they're nothing. Now hear me out. The Bad Family is wide. It's far, it's wide reaching. We've got like 30 million fucking Bat family members in Gotham. Plus, we've yeah. got Batman ain't going on now. What we don't have, we got Batmans on every team, but what we don't have is a Batman on the Justice League Dark. I want Red Hood to get the outlaws together and join Justice League Dark. That's freaking wild and genius and i love it <laughs> you know there's I mean, there's a sort Jason's of lack of got the Justice all blade right starfire i mean bizarro's i mean it's just it's all set it's it's yeah. all set right there pop pop too god damn it <laughs> and then we could finally explain pop pop as something that's not just potentially a tumor on bizarro's brain <laughs> right please <laughs> I forget. Did I anybody care. else talk to Pup Pup, or was it just Bizarro? I think it was just Bizarro, wasn't it? Or no, That's no, no, depressing. no, no. Uh, some of the other villains talked to him too. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that thing still freaks me out. <laughs> I love Pup Pup, <laughs> but what the hell? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Hopefully, one day that team gets back together. Hopefully, one day they get a Green Lantern story again. I don't know. Preferably uh, from somebody that didn't write it most recently. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, that has been our spotlight section. I think we're done shitting on Batman for now. We'll save more shitting on Batman for later on when we get to our in-depth reviews. Because there's a lot more Batman to come. In fact, There is a lot of Batman to come. It's is basically the rest of the show so yeah, we're gonna take a quick is, commercial uh, batman break batman adjacent batman adjacent batman adjacent batman yeah <laughs> realistically yeah <laughs> i think the only non-batman book technically that we're reviewing today is new champion of shazam yeah yeah you can you can make only a case for decos because i don't think batman was actually in this issue but he's in the story. <laughs> <laughs> he is in the story. Yeah. God damn. Yeah. And even, <laughs> even, even for the books we're not reviewing, there's Gotham City Year One and then Monkey Prince. So of yep. all the books, 
And I think Batman Nightwatch coming out this week as well. So all the books that came out this week, only two are guaranteed no Batman. They're they're one hundred percent Batman free. For all you Batman tolerant people out there, this is Batman free. The new champion of Shazam and what? Monkey Prince. Oh, Monkey Prince. Yeah. Well, Monkey Prince isn't Batman free. I mean, technically he doesn't show up in it, but it isn't Gotham. Well, he's in that. I haven't read this week's issue, but he, last week he was in Atlantis, no? Oh, well, yeah. I'm, I mean, okay, but it's a Gotham-based hero character. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's still working on the hero part. Uh, don't don't ruin this for me, Josh. <laughs> he's oh, I'm he, sorry. He's the I have chosen to. one. <laughs> Not to get us away from Batman, he wasn't. Oh man. Okay, so we have one. You get one. <laughs> God damn. Okay. We're gonna take a quick commercial break so I can <laughs> finish screaming outside my skull. Uh, stick around. <laughs> don't touch that dial. Uh, don't change the channel. Don't adjust your set. And don't Still ignore me about the red about Red Hood and the Outlaws. On, on yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just come right All back. Right. Enjoy. Now back to our program. Hello, everyone. Thanks for sticking with Not a Robot. Hope that wasn't too, uh, I don't know, painful, bad, torturing, torturous. They had to listen to me all by myself. Oh, my God. I know, right? Are you okay? Jesus. No. That sounds great, though. I think it's great. You're still here, so that's the point. It definitely wasn't bad if you're still here. So uh what do we got next we are starting our in-depth reviews and first up we are looking at if my notes are correct poison ivy number six and that is going to be brought to us by joshua don't do that (laughs) don't do that nobody does that don't do that (laughs) <laughs> Written by G. Willow Wilson, art from Marcio Takara, Brian Level, and Jay Leistein. Colors of Reef Prianto, letters from Hassan Atsmani Alhau, and cover from Jessica Fong. Ivy is in the heat of the battle with the Floronic Man. Well, I mean, I guess if you could call it a battle. Uh, she is still tripping balls from the Lamia fungi and is under Woodrue's control. He's talking mad shit to her while. Uh, slowly gaining full control of Poison Ivy, um, forcing her to start slitting her own throat, in fact. While Woodrue is talking to her, uh, she's talking out loud to the Batman who Ivy's that is telling her that... (laughs) That is telling... (laughs) That is telling her that she has strengths that she's not using. Then the Floronic Man starts telling her that he'll dissect every square inch of And then says the same thing about Harley. Oops. That does it. Pam goes full Ivy and tears the roof down on top of them both, saying, fuck you, motherfucker. That's my pie. (laughs) No kitty. She gets a little hurt. Woodrow dies. Uh, Remember that he's got incredible regenerative powers. So she does the only thing that, of course, one would think of in this situation. She fucking eats him. (laughs) She 
eats the Floronic Man. Every tiny little fucking drop of them. She eats them and uh, all of them. (laughs) And then she goes and walks it off. That's literally dialogue in the book. I laughed and loved it. Then she basically decided that she's going to go full anti-hero in defense of the planet and the people on it. Because it's her home. And by the way, when I say going full anti-hero, what that means is she's going to go after the people responsible for killing the planet, returning to her hardcore eco-terrorist role that we've seen before. And uh, she kind of has a no mercy feel vibe to her. She's acting as a good guy the only way she knows how. Now, remember that the narration through this whole run has been Ivy writing letters to Harley telling her everything that's going on, or at least writing one letter that she managed to get off. But I'm assuming that she's kind of sort of being like a speed. Um, We finally see present-day Harley reading that letter, and she cries a little bit before grabbing her jacket and saying, Hold on, baby. I'm on my way. I'm stoked, man. It's pretty obvious where Ivy was supposed to die. This was supposed to be the last issue in 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 the run. I'm glad it's not. Um, I'm glad she lived. Uh, we still don't know if she'll die at the end of this run, though, and that's the stick that's got me. You know, we could yeah. still be looking at that. and makes me really wonder. Um, the art in this book is always magnificent, even here with multiple people. Um, they really pulled it off. Uh, I've just, I've loved this entire story, man, and definitely this issue, uh, Poison Ivy number six gets a nine. Yeah, uh, for me, looking at the whole thing, she at least for the first six issues, <laughs> that was wild. Um, which begs the question, was she eating a steak or salad? Salad. He was full-on swamp monster. Yeah. And yeah. she hates... Okay, so that makes sense, because she's full-on meat eater. So, I'll explain why she... She hated it. Also, it was a living yep. human, so I imagine that's also why she would hate it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't imagine eating anyone in any form. It comes across as especially appetizing, unless you're that cannibal yeah. on that show in Avenue Five. I fucking love, by the way. Ghost oh Warriors. god, I still gotta watch it. I keep forgetting that exists. <laughs> Oh, I Josh Gad and um, oh uh, what's God. his what's his name from uh, House? Uh, Hugh Laurie. Yeah, oh, it's 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 really good. There's some dead fan humor fantastic. in that shit. It's funny. It's it's funny. I love it. I think if if anybody can pull off good dead fan humor, it's Hugh Laurie and Josh Gad. I think they'd be yeah. Like, Hugh Laurie already is excellent to dead fan humor. I think Josh Gad could really pull it off. God, I gotta watch that. Okay. <laughs> That's just going on my list. Um, as for this issue, though, list. looking at... Caker's Jericho. <laughs> uh, looking at the first six issues as a whole, kind of a subpar ending, I must admit, but maybe it just got changed due to the fact that there's another six issues coming. Because every issue so far has been fantastic. It's kept me excited. It's kept me going. It's been fun. And this one kind of just... It was an ending. Um, and then we move on to the next story. So it it didn't have that same. Uh, I feel like feel I feel like it. It, I feel like this story 
isn't over. I feel like it's it's definitely continuing. Now she's yeah moving on. She's we're still watching her deal with that fungus uh, infection, and I mean she just downed a whole shit ton more of it from the floronic man. So who knows what's gonna happen to her body? What's gonna happen? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I mean, is that still gonna kill her? Does she find a way to dispel it? Uh, if she touches Harley, is Harley gonna get fucked up? Yeah. So I like, mean, there, there's there's a lot. I feel like, given that this specific run has six more issues, it's gonna be a continuation, not a different arc. Yeah. That, Maybe that, I'm wrong, but no, that, that it definitely feels like that's the way it's gonna go. Um, but I mean, that might be why this issue felt so different and off for me because it was initially planned as a six issue run and now it's just being stretched out into something else. And like, yeah, this may be a continuation. So you feel like it was an ending without an ending? Yeah. Um, I get that. I get that. Yeah. It just, it just felt really weird. It, it just didn't have that same excitement, but I did still really enjoy it. And I'm happy Harley is finally entering the game. Um, Ivy eating Woodrow was wild, <laughs> to say the least. Definitely the most shocking part of the issue. Um, I did really enjoy the tension where Woodrow uh, almost got Ivy to just kill herself. That that mm-hmm. was that had me on the edge of my seat. Um, but as a whole, it was just kind of off. And then he had some weird teases towards future stories. Uh, that we don't really know what they're about, but we'll find out. No. It's it was, it was all over the place in a way. Um, I feel like she wasn't supposed to die from from slitting her own throat. I feel like she was supposed to die when she pulled the building down on both of them. Yeah, that was my impression. Which I think, I mean, if there, if 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 that if she was gonna go out, I, I with this story, that would have been okay with me. I would have been pissed that Poison Ivy was dead, but that would have been a good way to end it. Yeah. It would have been weird to just kill her, though. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it would. It's like I said at the beginning, please fucking don't kill Poison Ivy, man. Yeah. Uh, Poison Ivy's a great character. Exactly. Kill the penguin. It's like, fucking kill the penguin. I asked you to kill the <laughs> penguin. Y- y'all trying to kill Poison Ivy. I asked you to kill the penguin. You said you were going to kill the penguin, and you didn't kill the fucking penguin. Now you're going to kill Ivy, too. That's some bullshit. I'm just you saying. killed the penguin. That ain't cool at all. In the past five years, the penguin's been killed three times. And three he times. hasn't died. And he's turned into a fucking emperor penguin, too. Don't forget. We oh, saw that him that like... backup where... <laughs> where he grew all them fucking fangs and shit, right? Wait, you talking about the blue guy? Oh, the penguin. I don't remember when he was in it. Is it okay, so the remember. thing with with me and he, Emperor he went penguin, all like monster and shit, and he like I, I like I'm just saying I, Emperor Penguin isn't the right thing, but it was in the back of just recently where he was absorbing that magic shit, and then he was sucking the souls out of his henchmen and shit, and he had the fangs right. and was all oh, gnarly fucking looking. Are some a monkey prince? No, wait, wait. is that monkey prince? Or you turning to like that so, demon-looking monster? Yeah. Unless I'm just forgetting something. <laughs> was but, that like, he, I think I think ah, he's sucking souls in Monkey Prince. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
So that's the thing. That's that's the state of DC right now. Even uh, a full-on book in itself just feels like a backup story to Batman. Yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> if that doesn't say oh, something, man, man, I'm telling you. Yeah. I am telling you. Oh man. So what 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 did you think, man? I mean, was was this a a, a letdown for you because it didn't end or just no, because it felt no. like an ending that didn't it felt like it was supposed to be an ending but now it's like just loose threads i think more more of the latter but not quite exactly how you're describing it It just it feels like it was initially planned to six issues so there was a plan and then because halfway through the run it got changed it feels like it was just rushed into something else like like there like you said it looks like she was supposed to die when the building fell on top of them. So it's like that, that is just that point. They kept the story going to that one point where it was supposed to end, but then because it was renewed for another six issues, okay, instead of her doing this, we're just going to do this. And it just feels off. It was not disappointing by any means. I really enjoyed the issue still. Um, Mm -hmm. I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. It's a solid book. Uh, It just, this one felt a little off. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's because uh, I, I just I still had it in my mind that this was always originally the ending, and then there's more to come. I don't know. We'll I see what like, issue. Okay, so is. Poison Ivy comes to the forefront. Got a hell of a hell of a run going on, focusing on her. She's been the star like of her own show there for for quite some time now. Um, going all the way back to to to, 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 to um to Fear State and uh, yeah. to see her all of this finally like come to a head her making decisions the potential that 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 she might survive this um the direction for her to go of being being going back to her being an eco-terrorist that 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 was a very good decision um especially you know i like her and harley together as characters as the duo that fucking awesome i love it they make a great team but we don't need Poison Ivy's next step to be a Harley-centric thing. So her going off and being an eco-terrorist um, rather than going back and being a villain or taking on like an anti-hero kind of role, which I don't think would sell well. I, I think that the eco-terrorist deal is like the best option there. So I'm, I'm, I'm cool with it. Yeah. Uh, I'm not completely against... Ivy being kind of an anti-hero with Harley but I'm all for that idea of and this is not just me with my current rants about Batman titles um, it, it just in character <laughs> it makes sense for what she was saying how um, it, it seems like Harley has the right idea she gets it with the hero stuff but not with the Bat family because they, they're they not the kind of hero that, that we need right now they're not the right kind of hero and I think that's the dynamic that Ivy needs. I'm not, I'm not against in any way, shape, or form of Ivy being an anti-hero, uh, especially with Harley side by side. But having that stance to not work with the bats is probably the right way to go about it, because Ivy is definitely going to have some rough edges in her crime fighting, if you will. Yeah, pick and choose sure. which crimes she fights. <laughs> You stepped on a plant, I'm going to snap your neck. You robbed a bank, yeah, all the power to you. Here, let me help you with that sack. 
to wait for one of the robins. Yeah. <laughs> so what what did you end up giving Poison Ivy, man? Uh, 8.5 out of 10. All right. Yeah, still a solid. Not issue. too shabby for being a bit of a disappointment for you. Yeah. Like, it wasn't all disappointing. It was, the, the issue was still good. I still really enjoyed it. I wouldn't say the issue was disappointing. It was just off for me. It didn't excite me like the others did. Okay, so we are going from wherever the hell Poison Ivy is to wherever the hell this other Batman adjacent character is, which I think is somewhere in Europe. I think. I don't remember. They weren't very explicit. On his own personal journey. Yeah, that, that might be the best way to. He's somewhere in the depths of his own mind. That is Azrael, specifically his sword. It's like the, it's like sword of Azrael, Legend of Zelda. It just it's you're you're I don't know the uh, weird titles that make sense. They're cool titles, but they're weird titles. Uh so this one is brought to us by the regular <clears throat> the regular crew of Mister Dan Waters on writing duties with art from Nicola. I did practice this. <laughs> Sismesia. Yes. I, I I listened to it like ten times two hours ago and I, I freaking forgot the phonetics of it. It's Croatian, that I know. Uh and I'm I'm not good with Croatian phonetics. Uh colors from Marissa Louise and letters from Hassan Otsmane El Hau with a cover from Nicola Sismeza and Romulo Fajardo Jr. Um, right. I was about to go right in my notes. <laughs> I forgot. I, 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 I'm not writing down my synopsis anymore. I'm doing them live. So we are looking into the past where we see Brother Dumas uh, meeting with Brother Garnier and Brother Levine. Interesting names. I imagine that they might have been huge in, uh, you know, 14th century France. But for me, that's... uh. That's a pop singer and a hair dye. I don't know. That's just me. <laughs> that's yeah, <funny>. so <laughs> that's that's all I think about when I see Brother Garnier and Brother Levine. Um, no, as it turns out, it's 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 that generation's version of Prescott and and, and Bailey for a guy. Yeah, it, this is like why would you name your kid that? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Brother Dumas has met up with these other two brothers uh, to lead them to the Fiery Temple, which is the volcano that Azrael is currently in with the giant demonic-looking angel, as he's calling himself, that they the that everyone calls Satan. Because Satan! Angel. Yeah. <laughs> in the flesh, unfortunately. Um, Looking like 1990s Eclipso. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <Beefcake. laughs> oh gosh how does it take us this long to do a south park reference oh my god <laughs> oh goodness right hey, i did um, two this episode i did two you did two what was the other one i did two the other one was earlier when i said no kitty that's my pie <laughs> Oh, I didn't catch that. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Oh shit. Right on. Yeah. 
<laughs> I, gotta, I gotta get one in at some point. That's good. Okay, so <laughs> take your towel. <laughs> it's a song to fuck a time. Yeah, so <laughs> don't be a towel rain. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I, oh my god you bring up randy marsh and i was thinking my favorite episode when he was just he he was he thought he was like the prize fighter at the baseball games uh, he just yeah. got drunk and went to every every <laughs> baseball diamond and had a fight it's fantastic <laughs> oh, i'm sorry they released I thought they this released was america this. i thought this was america <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome um, they recently had uh, part one and part two of the Streaming Wars specials. They're both now repeats, oh, and oh my fucking god, I laughed my ass off. I don't care. They it was hilarious. I mean, it was a metaphor for streaming services, obviously, but that is yeah, that's what it was. It was a metaphor for it. It, it yeah. had to do with water streaming, and <laughs> Man Bear Pig is in it. I mean, how do you what? not tune in for Man Bear Pig? Oh, bear okay, pig, yeah. man, bear pig, man bear and pig. more. Oh, Al Gore. Uh, th- I'm telling you, Al Gore showing up would wouldn't even hold a candle to how cool this expansion of Man Bear Pig is. You have oh, to go watch it. Oh, oh, like more parts of Man Bear Pig. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Oh, well, in a way, in a way, in a way, in, in I'm way. gonna let you okay. watch it and find out. Yeah, I got I I haven't watched South Park in years, but I, I'm gonna check this out. My wife is a South Park junkie. Uh, I don't blame her. <laughs> yeah, she, she loves it. Show. So as soon as there's a new special, as soon as there's a new special, we are watching it. Fantastic. Did you ever watch the the documentary of how they make the show? Oh, it was fantastic. It was just, it was one of the seasons like ten years ago before like they had the they did a special kind of documentary half an hour or hour episode where they, they showed the creation process of a season and how they make each episode within a week before the airs. Uh, yeah, it was really cool to see. I totally believe it from those guys. Oh, I'd yeah. like to be a fly on the wall in the writing rooms of Big Mouth. Oh, yeah, it, it looks... It's hectic, but it's a blast. But they, they really only work for like six weeks out of the year on this show. Hey, I mean, when you yeah. got the pull, you got the pull, right? Exactly. You ever seen okay. Big Mouth? Yeah, I didn't like it. <laughs> it's, it was, it's it was a little, else, man. Holy little too, too crude for me. And, and I, I enjoyed Sausage Party. <laughs> but I, I thought Big Mouth was too crude. I don't know. You would enjoy a sausage party. <laughs> <laughs> there was something I saw that. recently. I don't remember what it was, but it was, ba- it was they alluded to a, a basically saying like, I think like how can you ever see like food fucking when, once you see food having sex, it's just too far. Why are we doing this? And I'm thinking. This happened like five years ago in Sausage Party. the The last right. two minutes was just a food orgy. It's really odd to watch, but I couldn't turn my eyes away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I was like one of two people in the theater laughing my ass off. Everyone else was turning away and gagging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was staring in awe. How 
did this make it into the movie? I can't look away. But all right, it's, now that I have yeah completely derailed the show. <laughs> <laughs> I just one last thing. When they wrote that, Seth Rogen must have been the most high he's ever been. In his entire life. Hey, uh, <coughs> side note, and then I'm never going to say it again, um, uh, or I'm not going to interrupt anymore. Uh, right. They they just had on the Tonight Show here that Snoop Dogg's blunt roller says that he rolls about, that, that Snoop smokes about 125 blunts, a, or maybe it was 150 blunts a day. A day. A day. How? Do you have the time? Uh, look, look. Um, okay, so let's let's break that down real quick before we carry on with Azriel. We're talking about Holy Rolling. Well, he's rolling something. Um, so a hundred and let's let's even take the lower number, hundred and twenty-five. Let's say he gets a solid eight hours of sleep. If he smokes, as soon as he wakes up and as soon as he goes to bed, that means he's got eighteen hours. If he's or well, no, he's got he's got sixteen hours. If he, yeah. if he, no, that's not right. 24 hours in a day. If he gets yeah, eight yeah, hours, yeah, that right. he gets 16 hours. 16 Jesus hours. Christ. So 125 divided by 16. That means he smokes 7.8, 7 and a quarter? No, an eighth. 7 and an eighth blunts every hour. That seems like a lot, Stell. <laughs> that. That is a lot. Um, yeah, especially if you're if you, I mean, you have to be doing it constantly. That's that that for sixteen yeah, hours that's a, straight. That's that's what I'm saying. And that's 125. <laughs> if he if he was doing 150, like that's 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 nine and a half. Yep. Every hour that every hour. Which means more than one every ten minutes in either scenario, and he's a busy guy, <laughs> to begin with. right? And that motherfucker in an hour. He, there's listen, sixty that, minutes. Yeah, but that that that's that's like every seven so he's minutes smoking, he's finishing. That's up. what I'm saying. Oh yep. my god. That's what I'm saying. This motherfucker smokes when he eats breakfast. He smokes during dinner. He smokes when he's crapping. He smokes when he's fucking. He doesn't ever put a blunt out of his mouth. <laughs> never. No, never. There's no way. No way. Even if it's 125. But all right. Sort of Azrael instead of sort of Snoop Dogg. No, I want to talk about joint of Snoop Dogg. Fuck sort of Azrael. <laughs> this is wild. <laughs> it's insane, man. Oh I my god! I I couldn't even I, imagine. I'm permafried now just thinking about it. That's that shit may have Holy carried shit. over the airways. If any Damn. of you are out there are feeling lightheaded, please pull your vehicle to the side of the road until the feeling passes. Yes, this has been a public please, service please announcement from Not a Robot Podcast. Always good to have a PSA out there. <laughs> okay. I'm coming down. It's time for Sword of Azrael, which, quite honestly, if you're reading this, probably good to do it high. But that's <laughs> that's up to you. Because <laughs> I, I think oh, that man. would just brighten the experience. So, <laughs> um, yeah, Saint Dumas. Appreciate the art more. Yeah. Wait a minute. 
Okay, we'll get to that after. So St. Dumas is bringing these two uh, saintly brothers to the volcano that is holding Satan. Uh, the created Satan, not the real Satan. Um, and they are discussing the ramifications of such a discovery and creation and how the angel Satan can lead us to a better world and a better future where Saint Dumas is saying, wait, no, he's supposed to be serving us, not the other way around, and decides that these two uh, brothers have blasphemed and are sinners and must be extinguished, and with a slash of a sword cuts off both their heads and walks away, taking the mother box with him. Uh, And at that point, that is what created Asriel the angel of vengeance as a mental figment yeah mental construct that yeah yeah and this whole vision is being seen within jean paul valley's head by asriel himself or itself i don't know if asriel would technically have a gender um and asriel's not dealing with this news well because asriel did not remember this despite uh, technically living since then, but did not remember their origins. And Jean-Paul uh, is also seeing this, but is also not kind of surprised. Um, but due to Asriel just having a bit of a breakdown with his news, Jean-Paul Valley takes over his body, and in Asriel costume, going up against the demonic being known as Satan, uh, is now in control... <laughs> And I think that's his... an excuse, by the way. I think I think Azrael took one look at that Satan dude and said, <laughs> "Fuck this, I'm out." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this shit happened. Yeah, uh, you take the ass whooping. Yeah. <laughs> well, as I, as I was saying, yeah, Jean Paul Valley wakes up and realizes how fucked he is because <laughs> this, <laughs> this this Satan is huge, um, huge mungus. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Jean-Paul gets out with a, a burst of his swords, uh, breaking the chains, and takes the fight to Satan. Um, kind of, uh, Satan kind of just almost kills him by slamming his fist down. Jean-Paul somehow blocks it with his feeble human arms, and then runs away. Uh, but Satan gives chase. Um, however, Jean-Paul took a wrong turn down the Albuquerque hallway into... The heart of the volcano, where there's a steep cliff and lava at the end. Uh, however, Satan is right behind him and tries to attack him with a giant freaking wheel. Uh, but John Paul is crafty enough to dodge very much, um, very frequently, but then takes a barrage of a thousand punches, very reminiscent of Fist of the North Star or the yeah. Flash, depending on who you like. Uh, John Paul almost falls in the lava, but then uses some acrobatics. And tries to jump over Satan, climbing up his arm, but then takes an elbow straight to the face, uh, falls down, then gets crushed by the wheel multiple times until he is practically a bloody pulp. But then Satan starts to fall over because his heart is giving way, and then he crawls off to try and get to his chair and revive himself uh, for whatever he can. But then Jean-Paul wakes up, also crawls towards Satan. Jean-Paul seems to be a little faster. He gets up and starts to walk. He is bleeding, but Satan's bleeding more. And then goes to him, shows him some kindness, but also says, look, you're you're screwed. Like, nobody else is coming for you. Nobody even knows you're here besides me. And anybody that did know you were here 
left you here to, to die because they're all dead. You've been here for 800 years. No one cares. Bye-bye. Yeah. Your heart's about to give out because there's no one here to replace it. So, yeah. I'm just going to take care of you. Uh, he tries to call out Azrael to do the job, but Azrael will not come, so that job to finish off Satan is left to Jean-Paul Valley. Now, for a holy man, you think killing Satan would be the be-all, end-all of your existence. But he just doesn't want to do it. And to be fair, he's a pacifist at this point. He doesn't want to kill anybody. But I think you can give Satan a pass. Just uh, once. Um, little devil eyes and a little goatee. Little funny goose. <laughs> I, uh, I love Stephen Lynch. <laughs> I, I prefer Devil Went Down to Georgia, but that's just me. I'm 43 yeah, years old. I've heard that shit six million times. <laughs> I, I've got three versions of it on my Spotify account. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I will listen to it six million more times. Um, yeah, so John Paul does what he needs to do and takes out Satan once and for all. Then makes his way back to town, bandages himself up, and makes a few calls to find a number of Brother Carl. And if that name sounds familiar, it should. You've seen him within the past year. Uh, he has a discussion with Brother Carl about what has transpired and how he uh, seeks... Excuse me. Uh, seeks... Oh, God. Gas. Oh, he doesn't seek gas. I've got gas. God damn it. He seeks... Vengeance. <laughs> uh, I mean, you got the vengeance. He seeks penance. He, he wants to be absolved of his crimes and his sins. Oh, yeah, that's Ghost Rider, yeah. my bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's the, the angel of vengeance. He's, he's got this. Oh, shit. Azrael versus Ghost Rider. Yep. Ghost Rider wins. The angel of vengeance versus the spirit of vengeance. Yeah. Heaven versus hell, the final showdown. Oh, That'd be wild. Yeah. Uh, okay. But uh, Brother Carl then turns the tide on uh, John Paul uh, and alludes to the fact that, you know, you did sin. Um, you're not that great. Screw you. Uh, look, the reason everybody at your temple died is you. You wish for more knowledge? Come find me. I'll take your confession. Me. Father Valley. Straight out of Catwoman. Straight out of Catwoman. Straight out of Catwoman. They have Straight a shared origin in a way, so it was bound to happen, but I'll admit I didn't see it coming. Uh so next issue uh, John nonsense. Paul we we talked we talked about that shit back when he was showing up in Catwoman. I mean his name was Father Valley. We knew there was gonna be some kind of connection. I don't know. I figured there, there was going to be some, and there was. I think it was Catwoman Annual or something where Father Valley had that that origin story, and they did show that there was a, a deep connection to the Order of Saint Dumas and Jean Paul Valley himself. But I honestly did not expect Father Valley to show up in this series. I don't know why. I should have. <laughs> I really should have. Uh, well, Father Valley's here, and next issue they're going to square off. Uh, so I'm going to start off about the art. So I don't remember if I said it last issue, but I was thinking about it when I was reading it. Uh, and I got the same vibe here. 
I love the anime influence. There is a huge anime manga influence in this series, and it's it's really obvious and it's really well done in my eyes. Uh, like I I'm, I made that callback to Fist of the North Star when Satan was giving those punches to John Paul, and and it just the the imagery and the art style is fantastic. If you watch a, a lot of uh, serious, gory bloody action-filled anime from anywhere in the 2010s you'll know what i'm talking about it's got that same kind of style and i loved it um oh yeah and i i, I made this note kind of as a, a little cheek cheek uh in tongue or tongue in cheek <laughs> uh nod maybe just maybe with sword of Azrael, there is a dc character besides batman that people in other countries can enjoy maybe <laughs> just maybe maybe yeah you have this sure batman adjacent character but killing it in manga anime style um it's, and i, I, I just can't help but see that this like, is a perfect story for an anime series like a mini series well yeah like done in like uh um future state gotham style no yeah, just I, like, I say like full-on animated this, like Castlevania this, oh animated that would be cool. yeah yeah that would be cool but I say I would say that this is like comic book art but it's it's anime manga influence like you yeah. can see exactly that's what they're going for like that thousand hits everything Rob said is true I just I feel like they put like a comic book spin on what you know the appearance looked like it's not like cracking open an issue of Dragon Ball Z no but it does look pretty damn good I I yeah. like I think it's kind of like a hybrid, like seventy manga, thirty comic book, but it works. It, it works, and I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which you don't often get. It's been tried many times before to have that that combination of styles, and I don't think it's ever worked quite as well as this. No, yeah. not not that not that's coming to mind. Yeah, I, I'm coming up with a lot of different attempts <laughs> but nothing this good yeah uh so I, I gave this an 8.75 out of 10 it's a solid issue it's been a solid run uh i i i've never been a huge fan of asriel but this is a good story yeah i dug asriel when he first came out and they did they just kind of flopped him like a dead fish all over the place or a dying fish I mean. um the explanations for the because basically what we're getting is Azrael's uh, uh, origin story, you know, not Jean-Paul Valley's. And um, the fact that the brainwashing and all of that shit was uh, caused by a mother boxes, that, that, that's pretty fucking cool to be able to tie that into it. And it's, it's a perfectly acceptable explanation given the DC universe. I'll just accept it like that. Uh, or say it like that, I mean. Um the fact that they flat out let you know that uh, Saint Dumas is uh, just in it for himself and, and isn't like a holy man or anything. That was really interesting. Um, that crazy splash page for the fight with Satan, the throwing the fist, man. Yeah. That, that that was awesome. I stopped and looked at that. Like you know, when I'm going through a comic book, it takes it takes something for me to stop and look at the art. Usually, it's just the high quality but there was something about that page that was just 
phenomenal man. Um, yeah. But how about Azrael being bludgeoned by that giant ass wheel? I mean, oh, they made God, it look yeah. like it was 10 foot by 4 foot, or, or excuse me, because we've got listeners in a few different places, 3 meters by 1 meters, <laughs> if you're not in the one country that uses our measurement. Um, how the hell do you get up from that? Because it shows him getting squished twice, full-on beat down, going for a home run swings by that massive, massive Satan monster. Mm-hmm. And then they show him he, he they show him broken and bloody, but then he also just kind of picks himself and walks, picks himself up and walks away. I mean, albeit pretty slowly, but he still does it within a couple of panels. Um, th- that I thought was a little messed up. That was a bad decision. Uh, but other than that, it's it's a really fun book to read. It's a great story. I, I like what they've done with it. I give it an eight out of ten. Right on. Yeah, solid story. Definitely check it out. Um, another one that I think you should check out is our next book. No jokes here, because there's no jokes to be had. Because this Joker is a man who stopped laughing. And it's the second issue that will be brought to us by Mr. Josh. Yes, and it was brought to us by Matthew Rosenberg, Arts, uh, Art Inside and Out by Carmine DiGianamonico. Uh, colored by Reef Prianto and lettered by Tom Napolitano. Uh, the story is titled It's Not Funny Anymore. And that's pretty much exactly how the Joker is feeling. In the in the beginning, we get a few pages showing up uh, Red Hood hunting down clues. Before we get back to the titular character, uh, he, the new Joker, or the the old Joker, the old, the old new Joker, uh, Joker shows up at Gotham Amusement Park, and but now it's all chained up. Uh, guard outside, this guard outside says that uh, that it's under new ownership. Uh, he gets surrounded by some of Riddler's men, and then they uh, then he quickly takes them all out, which uh, with the exception of one, which of course the cops are looking into now. However, no one really believes that the Joker is behind the killings because he was on. He was on TV in California, um, which uh, so the, the, none of the cops believe it's actually him. Uh, they also said he was mugged, and, and people are ragging on the guy that reported it. So Joker, the Joker tracks down Mr. Cardiff, uh, manager of affairs of all things Joker, who gives him the bad news that he has no more loyal followers, no followers at all, as a matter of fact. After Joker showers and changes, um, all of this while he's got a gunshot head wound, mind you. Uh, coincidentally, not related to the other Joker and Batman story that we read earlier. Uh, then he uh, he gets showered, changed, uh, cleans up his head wound, and then leaves. Uh, back to Red Hood hunting down the Joker when he comes up on the two Riddler henchmen, interrogating the one guy that got away from Joker earlier. Naturally, he just kicks their asses. Joker again, this time showing up at Harley's apartment, who plump, promptly bludgeons him with an... Either, it's either an odd-shaped cricket mallet or a weird-shaped baseball bat. I'm not sure what's going on in that <laughs> specific drawing there, but it's it's one of those two or a combination. Anyway, something long and hard he beats Joker with. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
And then she's actually nice to him after while he talks to her. But then she gives him some tea that apparently was drugged. She says she did it because he's not the Joker, that the Joker would never show up. And if he did, he would not be leaving there on his own. Uh, Joker uh, stumbles to the door glass, looks at his reflection. He questions what Harley has just said. Is he the real Joker or is he just one of his delusional Joker toxin victims. Uh, Then Red Hood pops up and punches through the glass, grabbing Joker by the throat. And cut. (laughs) This feels like a damn movie that I'm watching, and I think it's a good one. That is the book, and man, man, my man, I am am digging it. Uh, Three Jokers is out there. It exists, and it needs not to. So this sequel, to me, is very welcome so that that goes away forever and never ever ever needs to be spoken of again and it's actually a good story so far the joker is so joker that he doesn't know if he's the joker what a joke or honestly (laughs) kind of sad (laughs) um it's which is it's a that's a weird feeling to have for the clown prince of crime but uh it's it like i'm like emotionally relating to this Joker that's questioning his his existence right now. I don't know how, but I am. Uh, but like I said, I'm I'm down, man. And uh, all the way through the whole thing, uh, the art is the art team just works their magic, and it it just looks so good. It's a great book. The backup is just an old-timey Joker. That's what's going to be going on here the whole time is old-timey Joker-era short stories. Um, They're nothing spectacular you're going to need to write home about, but they are a little fun if you're picking up the main story, which I suggest you do. For this one, I'm giving it an 8.5 out of 10. Yeah, this issue just very much deepens the mystery that's going on, and I'm completely sold on this. This is what Three Jokers should have been. I'm not convinced it's a sequel, but I'm convinced. Well, I mean, it certainly feels like it. It does definitely feel like like it. it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. This is. I'm still in the camp. Just forget that ever happened. This is, well, I mean, this gives us a way to uh, wind that story up so that it just can't be touched ever again. And that's what has yeah. me happy. Um, yeah. I've said it a few times. Issue number one, great. Issue number two, cool. Issue number three, fuck off. Um, it, it's the Matrix idea. It's yeah. basically the Matrix <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, I like it though. It is the the personality matches the 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 one that says that uh, the secret that it hurts to smile. Um, so I, I think that this is definitely carrying on that 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 uh, that storyline. Yeah, no, I just can't remember who the other Joker is right now because I know one of them died, but I can't remember who the other one was. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember which ones were which now. Um, there was the comedian, and then there was Killing Joke. Yeah. Uh, either way, I I'm, I'm so completely sold on this book. It's it's really good. It's a follow-up to a couple of stories right now. Um, yeah. And it's working for all of them, realistically. Uh, seeing Jason be just titular Red Hood, like just classic 
violence Jason Todd was fantastic. <laughs> uh, and that yeah. that last panel that he was in when uh, you see the Joker look in his reflection and you just see like the image of Red Hood appear and then the fist going through the glass. That was fantastic. That was really well yep. done. Really well drawn. Uh, I gave this an 8.75 out of 10. I loved it. Indeed. I'm I'm looking forward to number two. And, I mean, I never said that once in the Joker book that we just had. You mean number three? No, 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 no. I mean in the... Okay, whatever. I'm looking forward to number three then. (laughs) Um, But, uh, yeah, this is so much better than the run that led into it. Yeah. Uh, aren't you so glad that we're done with Batman adjacent characters? <laughs> I mean, that's it's been the whole show. Batman adjacent characters. We are finally yeah. done with Batman adjacent characters. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know how you celebrate finishing off with Batman adjacent characters. You talk hmm. about Batman. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> But quite honestly, I'm not even mad oh about this God. one. I'm not even mad. I, I'll, I'll tell you why. Because it was written by Mr. Chips Dursky and drawn by Jorge Jimenez and colored by Tobamori and lettered by Clayton Cowles. And with a team like that, you're in for a good time. You can't go wrong. Oh, I forgot all about <laughs> that song. Yeah, wasn't wasn't that in Zoolander? I wasn't that like the when he was walking away from the mine shafts. I think you might be right. Yeah, God, I need to watch that again. Not the second, just the first. Still, yeah, second one was a waste of freaking time. Okay, uh, speaking of wastes of time, this is not one uh, because Failsafe has taken over Gotham. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, in a way, not not exactly. He's, he's taken over Gotham in the way that Batman is no longer allowed in Gotham. In fact, no hero is allowed in Gotham. Uh, if any hero, Justice League or Bat Family or otherwise, even attempts to get close to the city limits, Failsafe arrives and puts the beat on them. He, it's, they, whatever. It's a robot. I, why am I trying to put a gender on this? <laughs> um, yeah. It's, Just yeah. Failsafe. Failsafe. It's simple. Uh, failsafe is, is planned for everything. It, it's it got all the plans Batman could ever have. Kirk, Kirk if you're listening, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's your worst nightmare. <laughs> The it's only Batman's thing that can beat Batman is Batman's planning. <laughs> yeah. um, Bat- uh, oh, the yeah. only thing that can beat Batman is Batman's planning for Batman's planning. Oh, God. <laughs> That's oh, actually much more accurate. Yeah. And I can, <laughs> I can hear Kirk from two provinces over just screaming. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Just oh, a little bit. Man. I guess more accurately, <laughs> it's Batman creating a secret, uh, a, a secret uh, psychological side of him that creates a plan for Batman's planning. That's Batman's planning that the original Batman couldn't plan for. Did you hear that? 
I think I'm Kurt just had a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> is, there, is there smoke coming out of my ears? <laughs> I think the wheels are trying to spin too out hard. Of <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, failsafe is, has prevented any heroes from uh, entering Gotham uh, because to failsafe, they're all enemies. As long as they're aiding and abetting Batman's survival, they're something to be taken down. Uh, that includes the Bat family who are hiding within Gotham, uh, trying to do what they can to save people. But since Batman is no longer around and Failsafe basically is taken over, uh, crime is running rampant, which I find kind of odd. Uh, the one nitpick I have about this is uh, you do see um, some goons with knives attacking a family where the hell's the gcpd they're not costumed <laughs> what there the hell <laughs> well, fail safe wouldn't attack the police <laughs> okay that's neither here nor there uh bruce is still in atlantis watching this all unfold as arthur is still explaining to him what's going on in his hometown and how uh the, the League is trying to do what they can, but half the League is busy with their own stuff, and the other half can't get close enough to do anything. Uh, but uh, they both know and agree that Failsafe is constantly scouring the planet for Bruce, knowing that he is not dead. And they eventually will deduce that he is in Atlantis. So since that's happening, Atlantis is in danger. What the hell, Bruce? Uh, so... They do agree um, on one thing. Arthur has agreed that he will do what he can to uh, help Bruce and will fight uh, Failsafe as best he can. Meanwhile, Failsafe has gone to uh, the Bat family he has captured, among other heroes. Uh, Oracle strapped to a chair, running diagnostics on the entire freaking planet, trying to figure out where Bruce is. Excuse me, um... And as they do the calculations of all the different leaguers that have tried to enter the city and others that are busy, they've discovered that there's one that has had no activity recently, and that is Aquaman. So that, as Failsafe deduces, is where Bruce is. So Failsafe heads right off <clears throat> to Atlantis, going up against Arthur as he's getting his armor on, uh, takes some stuff to the chest, uh, and the Atlantean guard is left with no choice to either uh, tell Bruce, uh, tell Failsafe where Bruce is hiding or watch Aquaman be killed. So uh, the one of the guards takes Failsafe and Arthur to the quarters where Batman is being uh, held and recuperating. As they get there, they find that Bruce is gone. And he has gone straight to the Justice League Watchtower on the moon where he is trying to do what he can to plan for Failsafe, uh, knowing that Failsafe will eventually make his way there because there's nowhere else on the planet for Bruce to go. Uh, he looks out into space as an alarm goes off and realizes that Failsafe is already on the way, but he has not had enough time to plan and prepare. Uh, so he does what he can to uh, prevent Failsafe from making landfall, but it's not enough. Failsafe has entered the, the watchtower, Batman gets to the armory, grabs an electric gun, shoots him a couple of times, breaks the armor on his back a little bit, uh, but it's not enough. Failsafe is still uh, going strong and just giving a beat down to Bruce. Um, 
Batman does get enough of a jump ahead to latch on with a grappling hook to something sturdy and then overrides an airlock, opening it up and jettisoning failsafe into deep space, uh, which gives him a f- maybe about 10 seconds. Oh, Batman says 30 seconds. He runs off to a teleporter and uh, as failsafe re-enters the watchtower, he realizes that Batman is about to escape. But as Batman uh, doesn't really say anything, uh, the teleporter activates and Failsafe realizes that Bruce reversed the teleportation uh, where the teleporting chamber stays in place, but the room around it teleports elsewhere. Uh, It explodes and Bruce is left floating in space while Failsafe has been teleported to the Hall of Justice conveniently right in front of the Batman statue. Uh, Bruce is uh, stuck in space. All javelins on the watchtower are inoperable, uh, so he has no help, and he's left floating in space, where it is minus 455 degrees. Does not say whether that's Celsius or Fahrenheit, but either way, it's bad. That's very fucking bad. Very bad. bad. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's definitely not good. Definitely not good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so he's kind of just left there. Who knows what's going to happen now? And I'm going to be honest with you. Floating in the deep. Oh, no, I did read it. <laughs> I, I forgot there was a backup, but I did read the backup. I just forgot there was a backup. Uh, so this is part two of I Am a Gun. This is the follow up story of uh explaining the histories of Zerenar. as written by chip Zdarsky, with art from leonardo romero colors from jordi belair and letters from clayton cowles so the joker has taken a hostage as we know from last issue uh basically taken a lot of hostages about why he's uh going a little crazy and batman's nuts not all there himself uh just something feels off and, and joker's not happy uh, so He's taken hostages in order to goad out Batman, and goad Batman has become. So he arrives um, not (laughs) quite ready to uh, go out on the field, especially fight somebody like the Joker, because he's still not all mentally prepared, uh, as his mind is slowly building Zeranar. He enters the building, but gets stopped by some Joker bombs, so he has to enter a couple of floors below. Tries to rush his way up, to the floor where Joker has the hostages, but is a little bit late because he freezes after constantly having memories of the night his parents were killed. Uh, Joker kills all but one hostage, uh, and Bruce is kind of just dumbfounded. Uh, Joker has a little bit of a monologue with uh, Batman about how he knows that something is wrong with Batman, and, and that's not right because he's supposed to be the crazy one, not Batman. Batman's supposed to be the serious one. Uh, but they, they seem to have switched roles, so Joker has decided to be serious because Batman's going a little crazy. Batman saves the one hostage that he can, but realizes that this hostage has already been doused with the uh, Joker toxin and Bummer. is slowly dying. Yeah. And as that happens, uh, Bruce's mind starts to break a little further as he could not save any hostage and the Joker slowly getting away. And as the uh, just then, 
an image of the Batman of Zerinar appears and asks to be let in uh, and take over the body because if there's one thing that can stop the Joker now, it's him. Uh, and Bruce seemingly does that and then uh, goes to find the Joker and basically threatens his life. Because Zerinar is a little crazy. Uh, and next issue, we'll see where that goes. Uh, yes, this uh, honestly good, good as always from Chip Starsky's Batman. I'm convinced it's yep. it's really good. It's just how the hell is Bruce going to win this one? Realistically, the the debate. And I know we we mentioned Kirk a lot during our discussion with this issue so far, and the reason for that, dear listener, is because uh, our friend Kirk, who you may have heard on the MCU podcast among other shows for our network, um. Uh, does not appreciate the debates the the fan debates you have when you you just take two heroes and you just have a a little debate over who would win hypothetically in a fantasy setting and anytime there's a batman debate if batman fights anybody the the huge batman stand is going to go well, you know, given enough time and preparation, he can beat anybody. Like it's, it's no, Batman. hold up. Those you are know. dumb bat stands, okay? I, Batman. Oh, they are. But that's what Kirk is <laughs> my favorite. Batman still is my favorite character. Always will be. But those are a special breed of dummies because, I mean, you have to approach it from a realistic point of view. You have to take those yeah. characters, you know, and put them in a realistic situation. Batman, I saw something the other day, what was it, Kirk posted, that Batman could beat Galactus? Yeah, I want to see that whole conversation. Like, <laughs> I want to wow, know the reasoning man. here. That's just stupid. But That's, it was prefaced I, with, uh, given enough preparation, yes, Batman could beat Galactus. That that part was in there. Because that there are people out there that will say, for any character, given enough preparation, Batman can beat any character. But he, he sh- it's the preparation that's the problem. And I think this is what Chip is trying to convey. You have to look past his best friend <laughs> to see how quickly Batman's prep time is irrelevant. Exactly. You know, the <laughs> argument for Batman's survival cannot be that Superman would never do that. Because if Superman is mind-controlled, realistically speaking, gone. Just like we saw in Dark Knights of Steel where... Uh, uh, oh shit! What's her name? Mrs. L. Lasered Hippolyta, right? Right. No, oh, yeah. I mean, it would be the yeah. exact same thing. There'd be there'd be no blinks of an eye. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I I get what you're getting at. Maybe the wrong um example though, because we've we've seen time and time again, Batman has beaten Superman. <laughs> I don't think there's been a fight where Superman has won. But he could if he wanted to. If he wanted to, yeah. He could very easily just kill that whole Bruce. But... Super- Superman is holding back. Yeah. Well, yeah. So if he didn't, you'd be fucked. Yeah. You know, Galactus isn't holding back. No. I want to you know, know how I mean? the hell... I mean, if if you're talking Reed Richards, uh, like how I think it was Reed with that that first Avengers Fantastic Four crossover when Galactus showed up back in like what the seventies, late sixties when that happened. 
yeah. and Reed came up with a machine to was it a machine or was it a bargain? I don't remember now, but I'm pretty sure it was a machine. He invented something that kind of shooed Galactus away. Uh, if if you're talking like that, he, Batman can't do that solo. I I really want to see the whole conversation. <laughs> I need to know yeah, what gonna, what gonna the happen. reasoning is here. Yeah, but but at the end of the day, I, I say all this because I think that's what Chip is trying to convey here. I think that's a bit of the subtext is that. Batman does not necessarily always have the time to prepare. There's a lot of people out there that will say Batman can win any fight, give it enough time to prepare. But he won't always have the time to prepare because he he can't. It showed you right here. He even said, no, I didn't have enough time. I need more time to prepare. And he didn't have it. <laughs> He's screwed. And how is he going to get out of this one? Well, next issue, we might find out. There have been preview pages shown for the first few pages of the issue, and it does show some interesting stuff. I will not say what it is, but it's interesting, and it's very un-Batman. And, okay, not un-Batman, but it's it's a spit in the face of all those people that make those arguments, <laughs> is what I'll say. <laughs> um... But yeah, it's that's that's how I'm taking this. Is that that chip is is basically showing up those people and saying like he's, he's, you can't say that forever. Um, but that does beg the question: How the hell's Bruce going to win this one? Yeah, if if he's going to be the hero and save the day, even though he's the one that caused the issue in the first place, um, the hell is he going to do? It's I mean, he's, he's running he's out of playing options. every role. Then I mean, he's he's playing the. The, he's playing the instigator of the problem. He's playing the victim of the problem, and he's gonna have to, he's gonna have to solve the fucking problem by himself. All yeah. of this is his fault. Haha, ha. got what was coming. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, congratulations, Bruce. You tower babeled yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so all in all, backup included, uh, I give the issue a nine out of ten. It's a lot of fun. It's been a great run creative team is fantastic mm-hmm. I can I can always count on Zdarsky man uh, in the books that I have read from him to to give me a hell of a ride fun story it's got a lot of action um, Batman consistently just non-stop getting his ass kicked because there's nobody that can get close to him I mean that's awesome uh, there's a bit of humor thrown in it's almost guaranteed that it's gonna be a good story. This it feels so closely related to the Tower of Babel that I can't help but just feel like I'm reading a sequel to it, and it's I, I'm digging that. And it's got kind of this emotional aspect to it that I want more of too. Um, Zdarsky writing this book is definitely what I needed after the last few bungles in the Batman titles, <laughs> um, and uh, having uh, having Jorge back is. Just like that's, I, I I love seeing him draw Batman, and I will never get fucking tired of it. And this is one of the best of the run yet, as far as I'm concerned. And the backup is a fun, enjoyable story. I mean, definitely not a must read by any stretch. But uh, the art is fun. This Leonardo Romero, I'm not familiar with him, but uh, it it it's it's good to look at, and it was an okay okay story. Um, I gave it an 8.75 out of 10. Right on. 
All right, folks, that is our books for the week. That's uh, it's been a week. <laughs> I can't wait for next week. I was looking at next week's books. If they're all coming out, are there next any week, Batman uh, books? Of course, of course. Actually, I'm <laughs> well, not, man, I don't come remember. on. I mean, there's got to be after this. There, there must after be. this. Oh yeah, there's week, Batman versus so, Robin. Cause... Yeah. Huh? Okay. That's the only one. I was probably I more. Hope so. Yeah. Well, after this week, I mean, I feel like we kind of should have some Batman after how starved we were. Yeah, like it just didn't feel like quite enough Batman. You know, we we had one book that wasn't Batman, so it's very unbalanced. That's what I'm saying. (sighs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, I guess it is time to get into our top three and favorite moment if you had one. Uh, Josh, you want to kick us off? Um, actually, yes, I, I, I honestly do. I think I am gonna go number three, and it, it's only because the first two were, I just, I, 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 I just fucking loved them so much. Uh, number three, Batman, number one twenty nine, number two, Poison Ivy, number six, and number one, Batman and the Joker, Deadly Duo, number one. And my favorite moment came from the man who stopped laughing. It's a little fucked up, but the joke that Joker made when, uh, uh, hell, what's his name? Uh, Mr. Cardiff walks into the room and he says, how many people, how many people does it take to screw in a light bulb? Two, but they have to be very small. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I know it's juvenile as fuck, or juvenile as hell, man, but I don't care. I laugh my ass off. That was funny. Hey, that's why he's the Joker. He's got the jokes. <laughs> <laughs> got the jokes. Yeah. All right. So, so my number three, I, I kind of had a tie because they scored the same. And honestly, I felt the same about them. I could not decide between them. I had Joker, yeah. the man who stopped laughing, number two, and Asriel, or sort of Asriel, number four. Uh, they're both just very, very interesting titles right now. Uh, number two, I had Batman. And number one, I had New Champion of Shazam. I'm just in love with that book right now. I really want more. And favorite moments. Um, very, very, very close second. I'll give an honorable mention to the Thousand Fists move from uh, Satan onto John Paul Valley. But my favorite moment was... Um, Red Hood punching through the glass just after he appeared. I mentioned it earlier, and yeah, and the man who stopped laughing it was just fantastically drawn. I love that moment. It was it was done so well, man. Yeah, just just that door glass and the way that they made him look on the other side of it. It was mwah, chef's kiss. All right. Okay, folks, that was our favorite part, and now it's time for your favorite part. It's the biggest thinker. Oh, that's nasty. It wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm not even going to say it. Okay. Uh, so what made you think this this week? <laughs> oh, man. Um, honestly, I don't think I rated anything under an 8.5. No, it's as sort of Azrael, I gave an 8. But nothing deserves to be on the stink list this week 
with the exception of Gotham City Year One Number Two. Um, oh yeah, if I haven't had a if chance it's not to read just, that yet. If it's not just because the title pisses me off when I have to have Year One before a number because it just sounds stupid. Gotham City Year One Number One Two. It's if it's Year One, just fucking put out a goddamn trade. Just put out a trade. Put out a put out an original graphic novel. Yeah, realistically, yeah. <laughs> Oh, but then they only get one sale of a book, not four. That's very true. Well, it's Tom King writing this shit, so he's got about four books worth of words. <laughs> if it's Tom <laughs> King, it's going to be 12 issues. Oh, God. Indeed it is. But there's yeah. a reason why it's not fully covered on the show, because, I mean, everyone, I know Brandon does, and I'm sure everybody else does, get of me talking so much shit about every single one of his books <laughs> it's not my fault they blow I'm just saying you know I didn't do it I'm not the one that put pen to paper shit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, so, so wait that's your stinker is uh, Gotham City that's, year one okay. yes sir alright uh, I have not had a chance to read that yet um so I can't I'll really save you the give any weight to that. <laughs> uh, it honestly feels wrong putting anything on the list, so I'll, I will put an asterisk on this. On well, asterisk on this. It it's uh, it doesn't deserve to be here, but I did put Deadly Duo on for now, uh, just because I just have I just got a bit of a bad got a bad taste in my mouth. I got a bit of a bad taste. Got a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's not a bad book by any means. It's not a stinker. It's actually quite enjoyable. It just it it's, scored the it's, lowest. It scored under an eight right now. In relation to it being related to three jokers. Yeah. It traumatized him, DC. Jeff Johns, <laughs> do you see what you did to this poor man? <laughs> you traumatized him. He can't get past your comic book. Three issues. You did this to him in three issues. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. You also did it to me. Yeah. It. It. I don't even know what to say about it. I see three jokers get brought up every now and again, and the same thing is always said about it. <laughs> Started out great, great idea, horrible execution. Just like Heroes in Crisis. Yep. Yep. And I have no idea why Jason Todd would even think to try kissing Barbara Gordon puppy love i don't know of all the the stupid puppy ideas in that he's book, like that that was the one thing i didn't old. hate <laughs> no, I, that that was that was I'm maybe the sorry. one thing in that series I'm that made sense to me <laughs> sorry absolutely not nope sorry dick and babs all the way there's no way barbara would have just sat there and let him do it either that was insane totally unbelievable <laughs> like i I fuck your brother all the time. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. I mean, she's not going to sit there and make out with him. Yeah. That that sounds like it's coming from a hardcore dick bab stand. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. But I, I honestly, I don't care. It's one or the other, though. It's got to be Babs or Starfire. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't care no. about anything else. No, it's yeah, it's only got to be Babs. 
it can be it can be either or. I don't care. I'm totally no. fine with either. Only Babs. I'm I'm digging my grave right now. Only Babs. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, let's like I'm not I'm not on the hill for a battle. I'm just I, I I'm good with either as long as they don't do it with anybody else. I I read a, a funny kind of idea the other day of uh, if there was a story that they that they just change or even in Elseworlds where uh, Barbara and Coriander just swapped roles like Starfire was now Oracle and was woman in the chair with the tech uh-huh. genius idea and then Barbara was out there with superpowers flying around in the sun and just watch people's heads explode <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> they would too <laughs> who, who do we root for now <laughs> what what do I'm we still, do I'm, I'm still rooting for both of them <laughs> I don't care yeah just doesn't yeah. need to be falling in love with any secret spies or police officers or or anything bartenders I wasn't against you know that what? relationship, I'm going to be honest. I'm not against any of Dick's relationships. <laughs> <laughs> With him being so busy and all of that, though, this is stretching the show out, but... Um, okay, so you remember in the during the way-too-long run of He Who Shall Not Be Named? Yeah. Um, there were the Nightwings, right? Yes, yeah. I think that it would I think I would like to see that brought back in some form. Nightwing yeah, that was is an interesting a idea. by the day philanthropist and a by the night vigilante and sometimes a by the day vigilante as well. The balance there is it, it cannot be kept up. It, they even mention it in the books how he's nonstop running all of the time. Um Yeah it would make sense for him to be able to, to 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 recruit his own little team of Nightwings. I mean, maybe not yeah. call them the Nightwings, but even if you did, I wouldn't give a shit. Um, a couple of those characters that were doing it, they would be, it would be cool to see them come back in some capacity too. Yeah. Anyway, that's just my... So considering they all live in Bloodhaven, so... <laughs> They're, they're all still there. They're yeah, no, that, there. that, well, that, no, that one was of them maybe the only good part. Oh, did they? Which one? Pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Didn't the girl's brother die? I thought he survived. I know he, he nearly died, I think, twice. I don't know. I could be wrong. Like I was going to say, uh, I, I, I forgot most of that run. For good reason. Yep. That's why he shall... Be who shall not be named is uh, done so so that uh, more easily forgettable. Yeah, at least not if Tom Taylor has anything to say about it. <laughs> we'll find out <laughs> next month's Nightwing, or I guess this month's Nightwing. Uh, anyway, for now, that is our show. Remember, you can help support us by going to buymeacoffee.com forward slash NAR podcast. Check us out on Twitter at NotArobotComics and subscribe to our Substack newsletter for bonus reviews, articles, and more. 
And as always, there's only one way we say goodbye around here. Until next time, be good to each other. And don't be a robot. Um, you want a little spoiler for the last season of The Flash? Barry's gonna die and Iris is gonna become a flash. <laughs> that I am unsure of. <laughs> <laughs>